stresses two major things in these two verses. The first thing he stressed is being strong in Christ. Amen? Being one strong in Christ. Because you can never be an effective disciple of Jesus or you cannot disciple someone when you don't have strength in Christ. Hallelujah. So he said, Timothy, be strong, my son, in the grace of Christ. In God's grace, be strong. So, so what he's telling Timothy, if you, if you read 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 to 7, what he's telling Timothy is, Timothy, that strength in Christ. He said, for this reason, Timothy, I remind you to fear into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying of my hands. I want you to be strong, son. The things that you have learned, I'm reminding you there are gifts that God has given you. And he said, I want you to burst in flames the grace of God, the gifts of God that you have received when I lay hands on you. Amen. So, salvation is a gift from God to us. Discipleship is a gift like God. Because salvation is a gift, discipleship is also a gift that God gave us. Because we don't deserve it. Amen? But he gives it to us. He said, I, I, I will give you this gift to make you to be a companion with me. Amen? And so it's a gift that we have. And so as believers, Paul is telling Timothy, he said, use the gift. Let it blow into flames. Use the gift that you receive to benefit your life, benefit the church. Amen? Because he said, for God has given us not a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. So the gifts are in us. Many times the reason we fail to disciple is because we are, we are we have fear in us. We are afraid. Sometimes we are afraid to tell someone, hey, Jesus loves you. Sometimes you're in the store and you see this person, something in you is telling you, go tell him about Jesus, but you're afraid. Amen. But Paul said the gift is a gift that God has given you. In that gift in you, do not allow fear. Do not walk in fear. Amen. What you have the power, you have the authority, love, and self-control to exercise the gift that you have, to be strong in God. Amen. It's important. It's key discipleship, you have to be strong in order to make someone strong. Amen? If you're weak, you can't make someone strong. You make the person weak. And another, another thing he stressed in that passage was in, I mean, the second thing he told Paul, he said, the things you have learned, commit or entrust it to faithful men. I mean, he told too many. He was talking about the exhortations. So the exhortations that Paul uh, uh, gave to Timothy, the exhortations that Paul gave to to, to, to his people, they were rooted in the saving work of Jesus Christ. The things about discipleship, it should be rooted in God. Amen? It should be rooted in the saving works of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So he said to Timothy, in, in, in the same second Timothy, we in Timothy for a while, verse 1 to, I mean, second Timothy chapter 1, verses 9 to 10, he said, who save us? It called us the work. He's talking, he said, everything you do in discipleship, the purpose is to make your brothers rooted in the saving works of Jesus Christ. 
you are strong discipleship is making someone like jesus hallelujah so you're making someone to be strong in the works of jesus so that's what paul said whoa whoa he's talking about jesus who has saved us and called us to a holy calling not because of our works but because of his own purpose and grace which he gave us in christ jesus before the ages began and he said in verse 10 he said and which now has been manifested say manifest that word manifest whenever we do something we want to see the manifestation right so he said and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our savior jesus christ who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel amen those are the kind of exhortation the works of jesus why give us the power why give us the courage to go and disciple people through the works of jesus christ hallelujah the works we see jesus did he healed the sick the bible said he has abolished death that we will not die again it's not physical spiritual death amen there are so many good works of Jesus in your life in this church that you can use to get someone rooted in the things of God. Hallelujah. So many things we have heard. Another work of Jesus. Look at this. It's so marvelous. In 2 Timothy 2, 8 to 10, he said, remember Jesus Christ. He also telling Timothy. He's telling Timothy the reason our, our discipleship is important. He's telling Timothy the reason the cause, the reason for which we ought to disciple one another. Because the works of Jesus, remember, he was raised from the dead. Hallelujah. That's one reason to tell someone, you know what, you need to be strong in Christ. Because the God we serve, he's not in the grave. Mohammed is still in the grave. Other gods are still in the grave. But the God you myself serve, the grave cannot hold him captive. Hallelujah. There is no circumstance that can hold him captive. So our God has risen from the dead. He's the offspring of David. The offspring. I told you the last time the offspring of David is used in the Bible, what it means. But, but in verse 9, he said, for which I'm suffering. Now, discipleship, or to be a good disciple of Jesus Christ, there are sufferings you should endure. You should endure. Hallelujah. There will be sufferings. That you have to endure. So there's a word called endurance that Paul talked about. He said, for in verse 9, he said, For which I'm suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. In verse 10, he said, Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect. I endure. Endurance. There should always be endurance when it comes to discipleship. There should always be perseverance. If you do not persevere, if you don't endure, you will not get results. Hallelujah. When it comes to discipleship. There should be perseverance. There should be suffering. You know, many times people tell people, hey, come to Jesus and other stuff. But look, when you come to Jesus, there's nowhere in the, in the passage where Jesus said everything will be fine. Amen. He said, when you go through the waters, I'll be there with you. So there's a room for suffering. There's a room that you go through hardship. As a believer, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, even the disciples that walk with Jesus, there were times in their lives 
They went through storms. But he said, I will be with you when you're in that situation. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we as believers, Harvest DFW, there's a place for us to endure. There will be no resource until we endure. Hallelujah. The, the, the mothers that are here, you know at that time of giving birth, there's a time of endurance. Amen. There's a time the baby doesn't want to come. But, 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 but you endure in order to get that child born. Amen. Endurance has a result. So Paul said, I endured. Hallelujah. We need to endure. Sometimes, and the reason I emphasize on endurance, because we as a church, many times we start things we don't endure. We don't, we don't, we don't see it through. We don't push until we see results from what we try to do. Amen? But discipleship, we must endure. Hallelujah. And so I want to share with us four benefits of discipleship. Amen? Four benefits of discipleship. The first benefit of discipleship is that when you myself begin to disciple people, and when we become disciples, we discover who Jesus is. Amen? It's a divine discovery. We make divine discovery in discipleship. It's divine because there are so many things about Jesus we don't know. Amen? There are so many things about this God we serve. He's deeper than what we think. There are divine revelations, things about him. You can serve him for 100 years. There are still things about Jesus you still need to know. Hallelujah. So discipleship makes us to understand who Jesus is. As we make others to understand, we ourselves understand. Amen. It's a divine revelation. So, so, so. And because discipleship is like being like Christ, so it's important to understand who the man we serve is to be like him. If you don't understand me, you can never be like me. Amen? If you don't understand Pastor Rich, you will never be like him. So, 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 so the purpose for, the, for discipleship, the purpose of Jesus coming to die is because Jesus wants us to be like him on the face of the earth. To live like him to perform miracles as he did. And he said, if you believe, you will do more than I did on the face of the earth. Hallelujah. You cannot understand how to be disciple. You cannot understand how to disciple others. Or you cannot understand how to get discipled if you don't know Jesus. Hallelujah. You must know Jesus first. Before you can be a disciple. Hallelujah. There's a passage in the scripture where you know Jesus had more than 12 disciples. Many times we say Jesus had 12 disciples. He had more than 12 disciples doing his ministry. Amen. And many times during his ministry, he taught people, he sent them out. There was this time Jesus taught 72 disciples. He taught them, he imparted into them. And he sent them out to go and preach the gospel, to heal the sick in his name, to deliver in his name. And, and the disciples, the 72, went out and they had a good experience. There was healing in Jesus' name. Demons were, 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 were being released from people that were possessed. Amen? They, they, they were excited because they saw the miracle of God. 
when they came back, there's an account in Luke chapter 10, verse, it starts at 17. When they came back, there was an interaction with them and Jesus when they returned. Amen? Let's see that interaction. Let's see what happened. It said, when the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. They were excited. You, you'll be excited when you, when you, when you minister and demons are delivered, right? They were excited. He said, even the demons obeyed us. What? Verse 18. And then Jesus said, yes. He said, I told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. So Jesus responded, I was there when Satan fell from heaven. What, what the next passage says? Jesus is coming, is coming somewhere. So he said, yeah, I saw Satan fall from heaven as a lightning. But then he continued to say, he said, look. I've given you authority over all powers of the enemy. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But he said something in verse 20. There was a nevertheless or notwithstanding. Verse 20. He said, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Do not rejoice because of that. He said, Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. Why Jesus was telling them, don't rejoice because of that. Rejoice because you know me. Because you know me, your name is in heaven. God knows you. Hallelujah. There are people who cast out, I'm not saying it's wrong, but there are people who cast out demons that don't know Jesus. Hallelujah. There are people who preach and heal the sick and don't know Jesus. That's why the scripture says, on that day, Lala will say, Lord, Lord, I preach in your name. And Jesus will say, I do you not depart from me. Amen. Because they did those things without knowing Jesus. The best thing we can do as believers, the best thing you as a believer to know is to know Jesus personally. And the way to know him personally is to engage yourself in discipling others. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you get involved in discipleship, your knowledge about Christ increase. When you get to, 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 to involve yourself in discipleship, you receive divine insight. You receive divine revelation. God reveals himself to you in a, in a way you do not understand him. Hallelujah. That's why Paul, let's see, if Paul can say that I may know him. Paul. Paul was one of the greatest apostles that ever lived. He wrote the most letters to the churches. Paul knew God. But Paul said that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. Because he knew that where he was, he still had room to know God more. There is a power that comes along with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The best thing you can do for yourself. Like today, believers, people running all here and there, running behind miracles, running behind this and that, the best thing you can do for yourself is to know God personally. Hallelujah. That's the best thing. Discipleship will take you there. Amen? Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, discipleship will cause you to know God better. Number two, discipleship helps us develop strong relationship with others. Discipleship through discipleship, we build relationship with one another. Hallelujah. 
uh, 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 so, so Jesus, again, we use Jesus as our, our example. Jesus spent a lot of time with his disciples. He walked with them. He talked with them. He ate with them. And he taught them. Amen. But there was a relationship be between Jesus and his disciples. Because of that relationship, they did not only know Jesus, they got to know about his father, God in heaven. Hallelujah. Because of that relationship. And so if we are involved in relationship, discipleship, when we, when we, when we connected to people, our relationship with them can cause us to teach them the word of God. Let me say this. So, someone, someone may argue it. You can never disciple a stranger. Discipleship is not for strangers. You can't disciple a stranger. You can, you can, you can, you can give salvation to a stranger, someone you don't know. You can see them. You minister Jesus, and then they accept Christ. But in order to disciple that person, you need some kind of relationship with that person. Hallelujah! You need some kind of relationship. So, so, so there must exist some form of relationship between you and the person you are about to disciple. Amen? Listen to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, beginning at verse 19. Paul again. Paul said, yeah. Can you please do the ESV again for me? That's right. Everything that put in the ESV, please. Hallelujah. So he said, for though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. I'm a free man. I'm obligated to no man. I'm obligated to nobody but to God. But Paul said, I'm a servant that I may win more of them. And he continued to say, this is his strategy. There was a relationship Paul was establishing between he and people that he discipled, that he brought to Christ. So he said in verse 20, he said, To the Jews, I become as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. Please continue. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. Continue. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things. I love that one. He said, I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. And listen to what he said in, in verse 23. Amen. You could underline verse 23. He said, I do all for the sake of the I do all for what? For the sake of the gospel. That I may share with them in its blessings. Amen. To a disciple. You hear poor example. He said, I become all things to all men. In order to win some. Paul, and he made it clear. He, he did not partake of the things they did. But he identified. He created some kind of relationship with the Jews, with the Gentiles, with those under the law. Because by being around them, 
He will administer Jesus and win some. Hallelujah. Relationship with people. Discipleship is about, in fact, the gospel is about people. We cannot be effective in this gospel when we subtract people. Hallelujah. Then when you tell people, who are you, to, who are you ministering the gospel to? It's to people. And so we as believers, we ought to develop relationships. Amen? Develop at your job. At, at school, wherever God places you, create relationship because the relationship will make you an effective disciple of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Do not partake. There are unbelievers. You go to places that are unbelievers. Do not do the things that unbelievers do. Amen. There are some people, places where if nobody goes there to share the gospel, they will not hear the gospel. Hallelujah. Amen. If no one goes there to share the gospel, they won't hear the gospel. God has, God has called us to be there to give them the gospel. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and, and Paul said, all of this is for the sake of Jesus. Not because of myself. By myself, I don't want to do it. Because, but it's not about me. Listen, if, if you want to serve Jesus effectively, you have to be selfless. It should not be about yourself. Amen? About who? Jesus. Because there will be times you have to go against your will. There will be some times you have to deny yourself in order to disciple someone. Amen? So Paul gave two reasons. The first reason he said for the sake of the gospel. The second reason he was doing it was because of love. Amen? Because of love. Listen, the love that Jesus has, it was because of love Jesus went to the cross. And some of us will say we love our friends. Some of us will say we love our family members. We love them. But we see them living, going towards hell. And we do nothing. We say we love them. You know what? You don't love that person. You hate that person. Because if you love someone, if you care for someone, you will want them to be like Jesus. You want them to be with you in heaven. Hallelujah. So you will do everything out of love. You want to disciple that person. You want to tell them, share Jesus with them so that they get to know Jesus. Hallelujah. So Paul was doing it out of love. I call love the vehicle that drives the relationship amongst believers. Hallelujah. What Paul said, I mean, John said, in John, in, in John uh, uh, chapter 13, verses 34 to 35, Jesus himself speaking, he said, he, he, he says, a new commandment, Jesus speaking, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another just as I love you. Jesus loved us. He went to the cross for us. How many of us can die for some? Because we love them. We want them to be saved. Amen? But he said we should love as he loved us. You are also to love one another. He said by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Love should cause us. Love should give us the desire to disciple our brothers and sisters so that they can be like Jesus. So that when they die, they can have a place in heaven. Amen? When you truly disciple someone, there is a relationship that gets created 
if you truly disciple an individual, there is the moment you disciple that person truly, there's a relationship that exists between you and that person. There is a bond. There should be a relationship. That relationship where you help them build up, you help them grow, you help encourage them. Amen. The, this is what we find ourselves in these days. The Bible says the realest times will come. There are people that need, they, they need encouragement just to come to church. Sometimes, yeah, we say, you don't like church. You don't like church at your business. Listen, there are, there, are, there are powers that are holding people down. Some want to be in church. Some want to serve God like you. But there are opposing power that is holding them down. If you are there as a brother, if you are there as a friend, you are there as a disciple of Jesus, you will help them. You'll be an encourager. Amen? Many times, you no know, pastor have he, he got a saying that I love. He said the church is the, the, the body of Christ, the only army that leaves one soldiers behind. And I love that because the American army, they never leave you behind. If it costs another man to die, he will die, but they will rescue even if you're dead. They don't leave the soldiers back. That's how the church should be. We should not leave wounded soldiers. But we are even wounding one another in the church. We wound this army is wounding one another instead of building one another up, discipling one another. Hallelujah. That shall not be our portion in Jesus' name. I want to go quick. Another thing that discipleship does is that discipleship causes us to grow spiritually. Discipleship brings spiritual growth. Amen. Discipleship brings what? Spiritual growth. Paul said in Hebrews 6, 1, <clears throat> when he read the entire uh, passages 1 to 6, Paul talked about, he said, therefore, Hebrews 6, verse 1, therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ. Somebody always say, you cannot be in the church for two years, you stay in elementary. Hallelujah. Something in elementary. They can't grow. Stay in elementary. Stuck in elementary. When we when we supposed to be growing, he said, therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. Go on to what? Maturity. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, it's time to be mature. It's time to be what? Mature. Mature in Christ. Hallelujah. And not laying again a foundation of repentance from their works and of faith towards God. Some people, they, they in church 10 years, every day they want the auto call line. Every day. You be in church five, six years. When they make auto call, you're there. Every second you're there for auto call. When you're supposed to be helping people, leading them to Christ, you're on the auto call line every time. And you say you're you you, you you a believer. Amen? It's time to grow. You know what? This is my, um, this is my personal view. I'm talking to us, this church. This is my personal view that we are not growing as a church. The word has been preached. We got every resource to grow, but we're not growing. Amen. Why I say we're not growing? If 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 growth is taking place in the lives of believers, you will see a desire for God increase. People will run after the things of God. Amen? 
People will go, they will quit after the, the things of God. They will look for it, they will run for it. But yet we run away from the things of God in this church. Amen? Prayer, we're there. One time the more we have that, that powerful prayer section. So that on the, the whole church, on the three, two, if we get four, five, then we're happy because we've got a lot of people attending. And then we say we're growing. Our attitude towards the things of God. Our attitude. I'm talking about no one else. I'm talking about us. Our attitude in this church towards the things of God. We stay away from church whenever we feel like we come to church when we feel like coming to church. The ministry. Look, this church over 13 years. And if but we don't come, then no drum. Amen. Look at things. Look around you and, and see if things and see if you're growing. Amen. When growth happens, when growth takes place, there will be a desire for the things of God. Everybody will run after the things of God. People will run for Bible studies. People will run for prayer service. But I bet you, if we decide to do a fundraiser right now, we say they want the pleasure on. And they want it for a worthy cost towards God. The pleasure side will get more money. Hallelujah. Our desires, the thing we focus on now is not about the things of God, but about pleasure and other things. If you, if you check our hierarchy, our list, some of us got the last. Our self-quest, our dressing, our pleasure, we put every other thing first, and God is beneath. Amen. So when those, that's why I say we're not growing. You know another, another reason I think we're growing as a church? Listen to Genesis. When God, Genesis 1, 28, from verse 27, when God created mankind, the Bible says God created male and female. He, he created us, and then he gave us the first commandment. Some other thing, the, uh, the, 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 the Ten Commandments, those are not the first. The first commandment God gave us when he created is in Genesis 1.28. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, and created them. And then why he saying verse 28? He said, and God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Listen, if you're growing, you're, there will be always place for multiplication. Growth is tangible. Growth is concrete. When you grow, people will see you and say, well, people will see your life. And say, this brother is growing, this sister is growing. If we grow here, the other people before will be, maybe we'll we, we, we back there and, and, and looking for a second service. Amen? Because God, listen, God believes in multiplication. Amen? God believes in growth. Hallelujah. God desires for us in everything we should grow. Not in some things. In all things we should grow. So, so uh, if, as, if we see ourselves as a church, we need to ask God, God forgive us because we are not being growing. A lot of us complacent. It's time to get out of the place of complacency. A lot of us, we comfortable where we are. It's time to move from that place of comfort and get to do what God wants us to do. God wants us to discipleship people. God wants us to evangelize. If all of us were discipling and evangelizing, there would be no seat here. 
And then the way we do it to appease ourselves, we say, God is not interested in them. To appease ourselves. Listen, if God was not interested in number, he would never talk about multiplication. Hallelujah. Number reflects growth. Number does what? It reflects growth. Myself would say, God not interested in number, God not interested in number is a lie. God has called us to people to win souls for him. So the people, if we win souls, it will be reflected in the numbers. Even though I know that not everybody that's in the church will go to heaven still. But numbers is important. Amen? So all of us here, we need to ask God, God forgive us, we need to grow. But we still after the elementary thing, when someone step on your toe, you get verse. I'm coming to church. Because someone did this, someone did that to me. We're still in elementary. It's time for us to leave elementary. We are 13 years old. It's time to leave elementary and go to high school. Hallelujah. For us to get to high school because we need to go to college. We need to do it fast because we, we'll be leaving behind. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, it's time to progress for college. Hallelujah. Discipleship brings growth. We've been too complacent. It's time to get out of complacency. Hallelujah. We need to go. Amen? We need to go. And we've got to go by force. <laughs> by fire, by force. <laughs> Amen? we got to do it to have an impact. Amen? We have to do it. The last thing of discipleship does, there are a lot of benefits of discipleship, but I want to stay in time. Discipleship helps us to live a committed life. Discipleship help us to do what? To live a committed life to Jesus. A life committed after Jesus. You can read that. You can read that passage. You read up to verse uh, uh, Hebrews 6, 1. You can read the whole passage. You'll get a you know, better understanding about Jesus or Paul's concern when it comes to us growing as believers. Amen? Uh, 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 discipleship is, is, is it should be a lifestyle that is committed to Jesus. A lifestyle committed to what? To Christ. It's not about yourself, but it's about Christ. Discipleship is, is in Christ entails us putting aside our personal desires, putting aside the desires of the flesh, and obeying the word of God towards our lives. Amen? In discipleship, we understand the importance of making God first in our lives. Discipleship. We understand that God should always be first in our lives. Discipleship makes us to live a committed lifestyle that focuses on Jesus and ourselves. Amen. Many times, we, it's all about us. About us. About us. You will never be effective follower of Jesus if it is about you. Amen? We have to take ourselves out of the picture. You don't want to come. Yeah. God, I don't want to come, but because of you, I will go to church. I'm tired. I can't make it, but because of you, you put yourself aside and put Jesus first. That's what discipleship does. Amen? There are times you don't want to do it. There are times the body is, is, is weak. That's what Jesus said in, in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. 
He says here, and he said to them all, if anyone will come after me, or if anyone wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily and follow me. To be a disciple, you must give up yourself. Pick up your cross and follow Christ. It will not be about yourself. Give up yourself. Amen? Because you're leading, you'll be led by God. So when God wants you to get somewhere, you have to go, whether you like it or not. Amen? He said you must deny yourself. Deny yourself of some things your body is used to. Hallelujah. Deny yourself from those things. Pick up your cross and follow after me. He also said in, in, in Luke, he said in the same Luke chapter 14 verses 26 to 27, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hit his own father, his own mother, and wife, and children, and brothers, and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Because whosoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciples. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that, he cannot be my disciples. Amen. Jesus was not saying you must hit your father, hit your mother. But what Jesus was saying in that passage, if you must be my disciple, you must love me more than anyone else. Hallelujah. I love my wife, but I love Jesus more. I love my children, but I love Jesus more. I love my parents. I love everyone associated with me. I love Jesus more. Because you know what? God forbid your wife can divorce you. Your children can disown you. Your parents can disown you. Jesus never disowns you. Hallelujah. He's always there when, when, you, when you can be in the darkest place of your life. You can be in the deepest pit. Jesus is always there. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. So he said, if you must be my effective disciples, you must love me more than anything else. When he calls you, you will be waiting to say, yes, God. Hallelujah. Until you get to that place of putting God first. Until you get to that place of denying yourself. Sometimes if you don't have to go to a party because you'll be tired to come to church, deny yourself of that pleasure. Hallelujah. Because of Jesus. It's not because of yourself. It's not because of anything possible for the sake of the gospel. Let us be effective and committed disciples in this church. When we start to do it, we experience God in a way we have never experienced Him before. Hallelujah. We start to see God. God will start to do things. You may not be, you may not have to pray all night for some things to happen. You will start to see results. Hallelujah. May God help us. May God keep us. May God's blessings come upon us as a church that will be effective disciples. All of us. May God strengthen us. If you need that strength today, just lift your hands to heaven and say, God, I need that strength to make me an effective disciple of yours. If you have fear, just ask God. Say, Lord, give me the boldness because you have not given me the spirit of fear. We come against fear. That thing that is holding you for being an effective disciple of Jesus. Lift your hands to God. You know where you are with him. So you talk to him yourself. Lord, this church, 
as we have been hearing about discipleship. Help us, O oh God. We pray for your strength. May you give us words to say, like Jeremiah said, Lord, I, I don't know how to speak. Those, those are in our situation. Those that don't know how to speak. May you give them words to say, oh God. Your words say we should open our mouth wide and you will fill it. May you fill lives. May you fill mouths, oh God, with your word. May you fill mouths, oh God, in a space with understanding, with wisdom of your word, oh God, direction in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for strength. We've been weak. But we thank you, God, because today, oh God, you've given us strength, oh God. Strength. We pray for strength in this church. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. Just stay on your feet. Stay on your feet this moment and, and begin to bless God. Just talk to him. It's, it's personal. Amen. You are called to be a disciple. Don't wait on the pastor to be a disciple for you. You have your own commission as a believer. Talk to God. Wherever you filled him in discipleship, wherever you filled him, ask for mercy and talk to him. Let him strengthen you. Father, we praise you, God. We give you praise, Jesus. We magnify your name. Thank you for your power, Jesus. Thank you. Just talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him this, this afternoon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, sweet Holy Spirit. Thank you, sweet Holy Spirit. We bless you this afternoon. We give you the praise, Lord. Lord God, we know that so many lives depend upon us depend on what we do. So many lives depend on us, O oh God. Help us, O oh God, to be example, to lead by example. In the name of Jesus, to trust you the more. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.